0: Welcome to Hempire. I'm your host, Gabby Boudreaux, co founder of Divine Elements. Check out our CBD and botanical wellness selection online at mydivineelements.com, where you can use the code Wellness20 for 20% off your first order. In 2021, an estimated 1.8 million new cases of cancer will be diagnosed in the United States and 600,000 people will die from the disease. There are many medical doctors around the world who defend treating cancer and other illnesses with cannabis. There is mounting research to support cannabinoids for the treatment of cancer and other illnesses. Using cannabis while taking a holistic approach to treating diseases, can be one of the best actions you can take on your wellness journey. Our guest today is the founder and CEO of pain stoppers, a hemp based solution to pain management and recovery that promotes whole body wellness for more than 15 years. She has established integrated practices that combine medical chiropractic acupuncture and physical therapy approaches to whole body care, including the opening of clinics across Texas and in Los Angeles. She is an expert in her field. Dr. Kirsten Shepard, welcome to the show.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Gabby, for having me. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: It's great to have you here. You started exploring the capabilities of CBD in 2015 when your father was diagnosed with mesothelioma. Tell me a little bit about how that journey was for you, how it led you to create Pain Stoppers.
1: Well, seeing, you know, witnessing firsthand what the devastating effects were on his body with the chemotherapy and the radiation, I'd known and heard about um, compassionate use and, you know, some of the advancements that have been occurring with cancer patients. And so, you know, what better way to try and look at sources, you know, to help him with his nausea, you know, his lack of appetite and his pain, uh, and the fact that he was willing to try, uh, these options, you know, as a form of relief, it definitely was a beneficial source, uh, to help him during those end stages of his life. It increased his quality of life. And I was fortunate to have connections in both Colorado and California. And they were able to send me uh, some of the tinctures and a few extracts. And um, my father didn't like the taste of them, even though we were you know, getting some results uh, with it. And he also didn't like the THC compounds, which led me to further research You know the CBD. And when I was able to really fully understand, number one, how it worked in the body, how it was helping him uh, using my background as a massage therapist and a chiropractor, I knew that the skin's the largest organ. Uh, so I started combining the concentrates with different bases and just rubbing it on him to see if that would offer relief Uh, and it did and so the first product that i started with in the line was the salve and i advanced that to a a cream which i have a international patent that's pending on it we call it the extreme Uh, And, you know, the goal with, you know, before my father passed away, one of the things that he wanted me to do was to uh, pursue the product line, which that was not even in, you know, my vision for what I did in the same manner and continue the tradition to help individuals without using opioids and giving them something that number one was beneficial, number two, um, was non-toxic to the body and provided real relief. So I was I was really happy, and I still continue, you know, this journey with him in mind and um, the opportunity to help in the suffering of so many others.
0: I think it's really personal for a lot of people why they start exploring the cannabis space for myself as well. Um, it, you know, it's a, a, a similar story uh, related to cancer, at least um, my brother, Richard, my younger brother, he passed away 12 years ago from osteosarcoma. And oh, my God, if I had, you know, if I had known the potential, the, the, the therapeutic potential of cannabis, of cannabis specific cannabinoids like THC and CBD back then, you know, I, I would have just, I would have, you know, I would have really tried to have him implement those things to the treatment protocols that he was on. And I don't like to focus on that because, you know, it may not have changed the outcome. It may have, it may not have. What I do like to focus on is, uh, you know, helping normalize the use of cannabis, uh, getting the information out there, spreading that, that, that education, you know, the knowledge, the research, there's so much mounting research uh, for the use of cannabinoids with cancer and other illnesses. Uh, But I I think it's really personal how a lot of people come into this space and listening to your story, uh, you know, it, it it takes someone to, you know, you want, you see someone experiencing something and you think, oh my God, how, how can I help them? Because obviously these, these therapies are, are doing so much damage and cancer is so prevalent right now. I mean, we all know someone who has, or who had cancer. Um, it's the leading cause of death in the United States. It's a worldwide health, you know, issue. Um, how, you know, how can cannabis maybe help um, with, traditional treatment therapies in today's clinical settings, have you seen patients really um, have their quality of life been really improved by by integrating these sorts of uh, alternative therapies?
1: Absolutely. Um, We see it every day in our clinic uh, with our veterans. Uh, If you look at the anxiety and PTSD, uh, the cannabinoids, help regulate that, uh, again, without having any side effects to it. We see it with our, you know, performance recovery with athletes, chronic pain management. Um, there's so many different levels, whether someone's suffering from arthritis or even cognitive function, uh, issues, we're seeing that the research starting to back it up, but we're seeing it real life, uh, with the patients. And currently, you know, one of the biggest issues that I have with our health system. I refuse to call it a health care system because it's not health care. We have a sick care system in the United States. And unfortunately, you know, the lobbyist and big pharma plays a huge role to where what we do in this country is we medicate everything. And, you know, anyone watching television can see these commercials that, You know, you watch it, you see, okay, if you have this, you need to take, you know, pharmaceutical X, it's going to relieve all of that. But then if you stay and you listen to the end, the last, you know, 10 seconds of the commercial is all these side effects, you know, from these toxic pharmaceuticals that are supposed to treat a certain condition and it's unfortunate that we live in a country where we spend over 3.2 trillion dollars a year on health care and yet the last time i looked we ranked 37th by the world health organization in the quality of health that our citizens are receiving and so if we're spending the most money if we have the most hospitals uh per capita we have the most doctors per capita we spend the most we consume 95% of the world's drugs yet we're less than 5% of the world's population wouldn't you think that we would have the world's healthiest citizens and we don't so when i look at cannabis and you know my my hope is that you know, there's some federal legislation that allows for the use across the nation because it's non-toxic. There's not been one reported death due to cannabis usage, and it can be a tool that can help all types of providers, health, health providers, to really address the needs of their patients, whether it's incorporating cannabis into current regimens um, or utilizing it as a first resource. When we look at things like, you know, the opioid crisis, why aren't we using cannabis, you know, as a first stop, especially when we're looking at neuromuscular physical disorders, and that's people who are suffering from nerve, muscle, bone and joint issues, why aren't we using non-toxic options first? You know, there's so many over-the-counter medications, you know, that, you know, are frequently used. We see commercials for them every day. If you have this back issue, you know, well, if you would have taken this particular over-the-counter remedy, you know, you would have sustained you know, less pain for this many amount of hours versus you taking this one, which is going to give you pain for, you know, a certain amount of hours, you know, less. And it's unfortunate because as a society, we've been conditioned that the reason why we have these disorders is because of a lack of this certain pharmaceutical in our body. The pharmaceutical is not treating anything but the symptom. So if we have a solution like cannabis that can actually be beneficial to your endocannabinoid system and provide all these benefits, why are we masking things which end up causing more damage, by the way, because when you turn off those signals, you know, you're just saying, okay, we're going to cut this pain signal. So then you're not having this pain, but you're not addressing the dysfunction. So someone ends up causing further injury to themselves. And it's unfortunate, like our sick care system pays because it's very profitable for you to be sick. It is not profitable in this country for you to be well. And we need to change that.
0: So I want to walk this back a little bit because you just covered a whole <laughs> lot that, you know, it can, give us a little bit of, uh, it could give us, you know, a a different point of view on the healthcare, as you say, the sick care industry. You mentioned that, you know, we have these commercials for these pharmaceutical drugs for, you know, just things like shingles and migraines and other, you know, things, back pain, certain pains that come up in the body that you would think, you know, it's, it shouldn't be, you know, there should be something that's causing this. I shouldn't have to take you know, a pill or a chemical, a, chemi- a chemical based substance to, to uh, get rid of this pain or to manage it. There, there must be some reason that it's, it's occurring in my body. Um, and, you know, and whether that has to do with an endocannabinoid deficiency, uh, or our lifestyle, whatever it is, the society, our culture here in this country is not one based around, um, a holistic wellness approach. That's what I find. And that's what I'm hearing you say. Um, so, Do you think that, um, you know, because physicians used to use cannabis hundreds of years ago before it was removed out of the U.S. pharmacopoeia. I just learned um, a few episodes back when I spoke with Uh, Dr. Rachel Knox, I think it was removed in 1942, somewhere in that early uh, 40s era. Uh, Cannabis was completely removed from the U.S. pharmacopoeia. It used to be one of the top three medications prescribed by physicians. They were using it in compounds and cigarettes for asthma and and, and different salves for pain. And um, why do you think that uh, the Western medical community is so closed off? to cannabis specifically? Is it because, is it because big pharma? Is it because it's not profitable? What do you think?
1: I think it's greed. I think it's, you know, the stigma. If you look back at this country and what was happening, you know, and that is correct. Prior to 1937, over 50% of the pharmaceuticals actually had cannabis as an ingredient. Well, what was going on in this country during that time? Um, You're looking at, you know, we can go back to reefer madness. So if you look at, you know, Harry Anslinger and, you know, his war on drugs, uh, which, you know, really was a war on certain aspects of society. And he misinformed the Congress who signed this law, uh, banning marijuana uh, across the nation, and it had a profound effect on cannabis perceptions across the globe. It's unfortunate. Um, part of it was racially motivated, um, part of it was greed, because you look at the three players back in that time, you know, hemp was, you know, grown throughout the United States and our number one cash crop. That changed. What? Why did it change? Well, if you look at individuals like Hearst, who you know had tree farms, he didn't want to compete. Um, so if we look. There's a long history of greed in this country, and you know, unfortunately, we have put profits ahead of people, and that needs that needs to change. Um, we put synthetic forms of you know not only um medications you know we're we're not living holistically like we should uh, and again that's profit driven um we look at some of these chemicals like dupont he was one of the big players back in the day and making these chemical uh, formulations um you know in textiles You know, um, it has played a huge part on our society and we're looking at global warming and climate change as another factor Uh, that could be a whole episode in itself, I'm sure on one of your shows. Um, But I believe that, you know, going back to nature first um, and getting back to our roots would definitely change that. It is financially motivated. I mean, just looking at every aspect you know, of our society, if someone gets well, you know, then there's no benefits to the local drugstores. There's no benefits to the pharmacists. There's no benefits to the pharmaceutical companies. You know, it's, there's no end result to it where we look at drugs. We look at surgeries. We look at dialysis. If we compare, you know, it's an interesting conversation that I had with a relative a few weeks ago was comparing just television commercials in the United States with television commercials in Europe. What we oftentimes see in the United States is fast food. We see liquor, we see pharmaceuticals. If you go to say Europe, what you're gonna see is lifestyle. They're gonna show you travel. They're gonna show you fashion. But you never see pharmaceuticals and very rarely, I don't think I've ever seen a fast food commercial, um, but very rarely you'll see that. And so if we're constantly flooding, you know, our citizens with this misinformation and we're prophesizing on their pain and giving them false resources that are going to have these detrimental effects to their health, then there there is going to continue to create this multi-trillion dollar industry of, depending on things that are not good for our bodies, that our bodies can't process. I'm not saying that all pharmaceuticals are bad. You know, there's definitely a place for them, but looking at certain conditions, pharmaceuticals should not be the first choice. They should not have been prescribed for long-term effects. And there's better options that we need to make readily available as a whole that can help treat these certain conditions.
0: I agree with you. I I absolutely agree with the fact that there is definitely a time and a place for modern medicine and thank God for it because it has saved so many lives. But at the same time, as you are, as you are speaking to the wellness of our society, it's systemic and it's, it's cultural, culturally driven, and it's controlled by, you know, the big, it's controlled by greed right now. It's, it's sad. And, and for people who are struggling with, really serious illnesses like cancer and, and other terminal diseases, uh, it's hard to find access to the kinds of therapies that that they're searching for um, that are, you know, not um, not going to give them horrible side effects that you witnessed yourself, I witnessed it, uh, how horrible chemotherapy and radiation is specifically for cancer. It just, it tears your body apart. It's, you know, wh- where's the quality of life there? Um, if we could integrate some alternative therapies with some traditional therapies, specifically for cancer, do you think the quality of life, do you think the outcomes would improve um, if we just had a little bit of uh, integration from the Eastern and Western side of things and in terms of a medical standpoint?
1: Absolutely. I mean, if the goal is to treat the whole person, why would we not integrate that, especially when we see that the evidence, the research shows that it is improving lives. The research is showing that it is effective. Why are we ignoring that?
0: And maybe it has a little bit to do with the fact that, uh, cannabis, you can't, patent cannabis and you can't make money off of it, you know, from a government standpoint, at least not yet. And I hope it doesn't happen that way, but, um, it seems like the suppression of the knowledge of the endocannabinoid system has been mainly due to the validation of cannabis and plant medicine. Um, I think that just, spreading the awareness and the knowledge that we all have in ECS and that you know our bodies make their own endocannabinoids um, and and phytocannabinoids that come from plant medicine like cannabis can really improve uh, a lot of um, a lot of imbalances in the body. Um, so I hope that we we have more doctors like you who share and promote the practice of integrative medicine because I think it can, like you're saying, improve uh, the quality of life of so many patients and so many people who are dealing with these horrible diseases. Um, You are helping with a House Bill 1535 in Texas, the Texas Medical Cannabis Bill. Can you tell me a little bit about that?
1: Sure. Um, Texas is really interesting right now. We have about 27 different bills that have been proposed uh in the legislature. And, you know, um being from, you know, a very conservative state, the fact that these bills have bipartisan support is amazing. Um, one of the greatest things is that this has passed, it's moved on to the Senate. Um, I'm, I'm not sure exactly when this is going to air, but I'm, I'm pretty sure um, it's going to pass the Texas Senate as well. Uh, but what we're seeing is uh, this bill will add cancer, PTSD, and chronic pain as qualifiers in what's called T-CUP, the Texas Compassionate Use Program. Currently, those conditions are not qualified. And, you know, with what we know, with the research and what's happening across, you know, the states that are allowing for um, inclusion, it can benefit so many of our citizens in so many ways.
0: So does Texas already have a medical marijuana program in place currently?
1: Currently, there is a... um, small medical marijuana program. Um, Hopefully that will be expanded soon. Uh, There are certain conditions that are allowed and those three, unfortunately are not. Of course, you know, epilepsy um, is one of the most, you know, commonly um, used and allowable conditions Uh, but when we look at our vets that are suffering with PTSD and chronic pain, you know, medical cannabis, you know, shouldn't have limitations to it. Um, it's not just, you know, vets that are suffering from these conditions, everyday individuals should be able to use, um, use cannabis as a resource. And what we're finding as well is that, you know, in a state like Texas for, uh, Cannabis users, many are going to other states and illegally bringing back their medications and r- risking being jailed or um, any type of penalties because they're trying to just take care of themselves with, you know, something that works a lot better for them than some of the pharmaceuticals that are available, and yes. it's unfortunate.
0: So we want to see HB 1535 get passed ASAP, so we can get help to those veterans, to those cancer patients, to people who just really, you know, need need some natural relief without side effects um, that they can get with cannabis. That's great. I, I I I love that these more conservative states are really going forward with the cannabis uh, initiatives. It seems like everyone is kind of you know opening their minds to it a little bit more, which is great. It's getting normalized more. That's what we need. We need to get this medicine out to the people who need it the most. Um, I've had the pleasure of speaking to veterans and um, just, just different people who are dealing with anxiety, um, specifically PTSD, uh, who I see and chat with in my few of my retail locations. And the stories are amazing, the The relief they're getting uh, with CBD, with cannabis, um, and, you know, without the unwanted side effects. It's so inspiring. It's so motivating to hear these stories of people who were maybe on, um, you know, some bad pharma- pharmaceuticals, like some benzodiazepines, antidepressants that were just, you know, not having a fun time with those drugs and, and they've tried cannabis or hemp-based um, hemp-derived products and they're seeing great results. Uh, where do you see the future of cannabinoid medicine? How? What have you seen in your practice with people specifically dealing with anxiety and PTSD?
1: In our practice, um, we primarily focus on Physical medicine. So it's more chronic pain. But, you know, typically what you see is that it's not just one condition. And unfortunately, you know, many of the traditional healthcare providers, you know, are compartmentalizing care. And so we're fortunate to where, you know, we are integrated. We can look more at the entire whole person health care. And one of the things that we try to do is is give our patients the same type of whole person health care that athletes and celebrities receive. Um, When a typical patient comes in, you know, they may come in for back pain and we ask them, you know, how, you know, how is your mental health and your mental wellness? You know, have you seen anyone? And when we look at our veterans in particular, um, who have served our country, many of them have had several multiple yeah, physical traumas to their body. But then we also have to look at, you know, the mental trauma that happens. And so what we've seen is number one, a decrease in opioid dependence for their chronic pain. Um, we see a decrease in different types of Uh, mental health drugs, because as a byproduct, and in our practice, you know, of course, we're in Texas. So our practice, we are um, limiting our use to hemp based CBD products. Um, But what we've seen is their pain is often related, and to some of the anxiety. And if you're hurting, you know, you're not going to be the nicest person, perhaps, but once some of those issues go away um, and they're able to function better, it's just another tool that's helping us to give people their lives back, especially those individuals that have given us our freedom and our life uh, to enjoy the way that we see. Uh, we've also had uh, quite a few individuals that we've been able to help them, get off of opioids completely by utilizing, you know, some of the tinctures and extracts. So it's, I think that the future um, of cannabis in medicine is unlimited. Um, and especially as more research is coming out about cannabis, um, it's it's amazing. You know, we see all the universities who are now doing studies and Um, I just think that it's, it's going to be great to bring this back to society, uh, where it's something that can be quite beneficial for so many different elements, you know, on a, on a daily basis, we see, you know, students that come in and, you know, mainly, you know, college, college students, some high school athletes. And, you know, I think about, you know, some of the degenerative processes that we see often the arthritis, um, in our in our offices, and if we could start sooner with providing the type of care, um, I think that it can help avoid some of the late in life physical uh, mobility concerns that people have and that they're dealing with. You know, if we look at you know, for instance, just you know, knee pain in general. If we can start treating someone when they have that first incidence. Versus, you know, waiting and, and just giving them pharmaceuticals, why not incorporate natural options, cannabis, CBD, whether it's, you know, THC combos, depending on where you are, you know, instead of giving them a prescription for a muscle relaxer and a pain reliever, um, where the cannabis can do both. We know the powers of the ECS, um, and then start incorporating therapies, you know, have them do some physical rehab, have them, you know, do some acupuncture, see some, you know, have some adjustments. Um, we can actually help increase the quality of life and also change the, progression of those degenerative processes, which yes, when you age, things are naturally going to occur, but with different types of trauma, you speed up that process. So I think that, you know, with the next generation that's coming um, they're going to see the benefits of it uh, more so than we will, but we've got to advocate and definitely um, reach out and let our voices be heard. That this is something that we want to see more in society. I mean, looking at the number of states that have legalized, you know, cannabis and recreational use is one of the bills that has been proposed in the Texas legislature. I don't know where that one's going to go, but I'm hopeful. And you know, just looking at job creations and, and stepping back, you know, away from only healthcare you know, there's so many benefits to allowing this plant to thrive in this country that we'd be, you know, we'd be putting ourselves at a huge disadvantage if we did not uh, continue to allow it to advance.
0: Yes, the, the mind-body connection is so strong, you know, those, those mental disorders or those physical disorders that people are dealing with, uh, the endocannabinoid system. I mean, we know now that, cannabinoids don't just interact with CB receptors, they interact with serotonin receptors, with nervous system receptors. It's all intertwined and all connected. Um, I, I believe it's called the endocannabinoid dome is what they're finding out more about now because it, the endocannabinoid system, it's it's interconnected with every other bodily function and system in the body. Um, so promoting that, the knowledge of the endocannabinoid system and integrating it into clinical practice such as what you're doing there in Texas, I, I hope we see that just start to take off left and right all over. It'll be it's for the greater good. It's for the the wellness of of our society, and I, I hope we can um, just keep spreading the knowledge and normalize cannabis as a plant medicine because it's 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 so amazing. Like you're saying, it 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 has the potential to really heal a lot of people. Um, Dr. Shepard we are out of time today. It was such a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you so much for being on the show with us today.
1: Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure chatting with you as well.
0: It was great to have you here. And thank you all for joining us today. I want to thank our producers for making this show possible as well as Divine Element CBD. Join us again next week for another episode of Hempire. And until then, stay well, keep learning, and we'll talk to you all soon.